0: Good morning. We are in Matthew chapter 23 today and I hope this video finds you doing well and that you are um, really drawing closer to Jesus in every way through our going through the whole gospel of Matthew chapter by chapter. This week is pretty rough if you if you look at it and um, you got one of those red letter Bibles there's gonna be a whole lot of red and that was really great in the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, now Jesus is yelling at the Pharisees. And he is just letting them have it. And uh, being, being very blunt about how he exposes them for what they're doing wrong very plainly. You know, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus presented, You know, here, here's what living by the Holy Spirit in the kingdom of heaven looks like in some ways and if you're going to live a life that's ruled by laws and by rules here's what level of obedience to those laws you have to be at which is just um, unreachable impossible so it it results in this is impossible who can do this and with man this is impossible with but with god all things are possible right now in Matthew 23, Jesus is coming to the Pharisees and he's just telling them very specifically why they're messed up and what they've been doing wrong. And they've been doing it wrong for generations. It was never supposed to be the way that they have it now. And uh, and the way that they have it in his day is the way that they had had it for a long time. And I think as we read through this, we might find that the Spirit that was in them, that made them do that stuff is still, you know, right over our shoulder, leading us to do the same bad things, make the same wrong choices and miss the point in the same way. And so I hope, I hope we can see from that, how we can react and respond to Jesus and not miss the point the way the Pharisees did. So starting with Matthew Chapter 23, verse 1, Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. So do and observe what they tell you, but not the works they do. For they preach, but they do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and they lay them on people's shoulders. But they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. They do all their deeds to be seen by others. They make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long. They love the place of honor at feasts and the best seats in the synagogues, greetings in the marketplaces, and they love to be called rabbi by others. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all brothers. And call no man your father on earth, for you have one father who is in heaven. Neither be called instructors, for you have one instructor, Christ the greatest among you shall be your servant, and whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. <clears throat> Remember, Jesus used some of that end language. He's used that earlier. Whoever is the most humble among you is the best, and whoever serves you all the most is the greatest. That's in stark contrast to these rabbis who, who love to wear their robes out in public Um I experienced this in a culture that was very religious and uh, it was a Muslim Muslim culture and they were very religious and really devout and really energetic to the point that a, um, a, a spiritual leader for them would be a guy, the guys with the white big white beards and robes and, um, hats on and the whole bit. Um, they could step out into a street, anywhere on the street and all the traffic had to stop. All the traffic was expected. And so if you're flying down, you know, Green River Road at 40 miles an hour and you're flying to North Green River Road at 40 miles an hour. And, uh, Dave Neednoggle walks out of CFC and he's like, you all got to stop for me. Boom. And puts his foot in the road. Everybody would have to stop. It was, it was, it was that level of, uh, they had that expectation. They had that honor. Um, they also had the expectation and honor <clears throat> of when they they would come into a house. You know, there, there's a big party and everybody's sitting around. And when they would come into a house, they would expect everyone to stand up and to shift their seats around so that they would go and then go sit up at the front. Um, we... In our in our more secular culture, we don't have a lot of things like this. Um, maybe with movie stars, where a movie star might expect, you know, I'm a rock star. I should have good service at this restaurant. Um, that that kind of expectation and loving the honor and loving the attention, right? Um, that's that's how these rabbis were, and they weren't supposed to be that way. They were supposed to be teachers. They were supposed to be humble teachers of what God wanted for everyone. And instead of telling everybody what God wanted, they were putting burdens on people that they better do what they wanted or God would hate them. You better show me honor or you're dishonoring God. Um, And then they would heap more and more burdens on, but not do anything to help. So remember the Pharisees believed that if everybody in Israel, could obey all the laws for one day, then the next day the Messiah would return. It'd be the end of the world and the kingdom of God would be here. And so they'd wake up in the morning and they'd go and look outside and they believed that they could tell just by looking if the kingdom of heaven had come. And they would look and it wasn't there. And I know I obeyed all the laws yesterday. Who didn't do it? So as soon as you see a tax collector or somebody that's ugly or somebody that's poor, you know, they must've been the one that broke the law. So I'm going to hate them. And I'm going to be mad at them and I'm going to tell them all the stuff they should do. Right. That was their lifestyle. That was their job. And uh, gosh, that is never, ever what God wanted his teachers to be right. These guys weren't Levites. Um, they weren't Levites. They weren't the priests serving in the temple or anything like that. Um, they, were, they were from all different tribes. Pharisees were, were all different tribes. They weren't, it wasn't a tribal thing. It was um, a lifestyle choice. But Jesus says they sit on Moses' seat. So do what they say because they really are teachers and honor the office of teacher. Okay, so I really understood this a lot. I have a relative, probably already said too much, I know a guy that, uh, was in the secret service and he had to guard the president and he's Republican. And so he guarded George Bush and guard guarded Laura Bush. And that was one thing. And then, uh, let's see, I gotta get my, my order right. Then the Clintons got elected. And I asked him, so, Republican, how do you feel being in the Secret Service guarding Bill Clinton? And he said, I don't guard the person, I guard the office. And whoever is in that office is who I guard. And I thought that was really, I mean, I had a lot of honor. i That was really honorable that it wasn't a fair weather thing of whoever sat there changed who he was going to die for right? Cause that's, he's a bulletproof shield for the president. Um, it was whoever sat in that seat, he was going to die for. And that, that was really cool. And Jesus is saying, look, the Pharisees sit in the seat of Moses, respect and honor the seat of Moses, but don't act like those guys. This is a really, really cutting, uh, really harsh word. We, we don't appreciate how harsh this word is because the whole model of rabbis and disciples was based on imitation and doing what they do. That's why Jesus would say, follow me, come, he's inviting them. Do what I do, do the things, the actions that I do. I'll teach you everything. I'm not doing anything that I don't see the father doing. So if you imitate everything that I do, you're doing what the father's doing. Later on, the Apostle Paul would say, follow me as I follow Christ. Imitation was their number one way of instruction. And so when Jesus says, honor their seat, but don't act like them, he has just pulled all their accreditation. He has just nullified all the Pharisees as teachers. They they have just lost their license. Um, they've been defrocked you know whatever they they're out why Jesus says 23 verse 4 they tie up heavy burdens hard to pair they lay them on people's shoulders but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger that is a huge criticism nowadays too of people putting burdens on people and not doing anything to help them with those burdens Every time we complain about a poor person, but we're not actively participating in helping people out of poverty, we're doing that. Every time we complain or judge somebody uh, for their lifestyle, but we're not their friend and we're not an active participant in their lifestyle, we're doing that. And so all of a sudden, I have a whole lot of opportunities to shut my mouth and to take action and to do things. And it really is a lot easier than you think to participate in people's lives and to really help people in a helpful way um, versus just criticizing and judging and and putting them down. This especially is is, uh, rampant when we watch the news or we read the newspaper or we read news online because I'm gonna read news about people whom I have I can have no influence on the people rioting in Washington I can have no influence in in Minneapolis uh, riots I can read all about them. I can judge the people I'm even getting a distorted perspective because I'm only know what people are telling me that are there but I can't do anything about it and so it kind of paralyzes me right but if I get involved, learning about things that I can do something about and I can act on, I won't be—I uh, won't be accused of what Jesus is accusing the Pharisees of: tying up heavy burdens, not lifting a finger to help them. All right, last bit about this: uh, they do their deeds to be seen by others; they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long. So it was by law, every Jewish man would have these tassels on his cloak and he'd have four tassels. And <clears throat> these guys would get like the extra nice tassels to really show off how holy they are. Um, they had, you know, the solid gold hood ornament. They had the, uh, pulpit. They had the pulpit at their church that was made out of, uh, petrified wood carved by Indians. And brought over by Columbus. I mean, you know, they just had the fancy, fancy to show off how awesome they were. And in this next section, I'm going to skip apart and then I'm going to go back. Um, Jesus tells them where they should focus. Don't focus on getting the best seat so everybody can see you and be in a show off. Don't focus on wearing the fanciest clothes so everybody's impressed about how holy you are. Skip down to twenty three twenty three. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, you tithe mint and dill and cumin, and they have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you ought have done without neglecting the others. You blind guys, guides straining out a gnat and swallowing a camel. So gnats are unclean. And if you swallowed a gnat, you would be unclean and you would be banned from all religious activities until you um, probably brought two pigeons and sacrificed them and paid for that and did the sin offering. And then you'd be clean again the next day. So to prevent that from happening, they had these elaborate systems of water filtering that were cloths hung up that they would pour their water through and it would go down, down, down. And then it would come out the bottom, no gnats. And then they'd drink it real quick before any bugs got in it while it was still clean. That container had to be clean. And um, so they really did do that. They would, this, uh, you tithe mint and dill and cumin. Sometimes when they would eat a meal, if they had spices, you know, this spice, this pepper in my pepper shaker may have been purchased and not tithed upon when it was purchased, and now I'm about ready to eat pepper on my food that hasn't been tithed. So I'm going to shake out a tenth of what I'm about to use, and just dump it on the ground, and then put 90%, you know, of whatever I'm going to use, a tenth of it I'm going to throw away, and 90% I'm going to sprinkle on my food, and now I'm going to eat, because I don't even want to eat herbs that haven't been tithed from. Does that sound crazy? <laughs> it is. Um, but what if it's an expression, I want to show God how much I love Him. I don't want to eat anything unclean. I want to make sure everything I eat is holy and pure and and devoted to God. And so I'm going to do that. So you can see where their intentions would be good. But while they're shaking that pepper out on the side of the table and then putting it on, they're neglecting justice and mercy and faithfulness which are much more important than pepper and cumin and dill I would tie to all of my dill just you can have it glory to God here's my nasty dill (laughs) justice mercy faithfulness in all their judgments in all their criticism of others of all their putting down and and der, 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 der. you're wrong you're wrong you're wrong you're wrong they're not showing people justice they're not showing people mercy and it's as bad as eating a camel which to eat a camel is just nasty it's unclean meat um, it'd be like eating a pig only bigger um, it'd be like eating a horse just gross and that that would have grossed everybody out um, that would have been, that would have been a, like eating horse meat. Our 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 standards of what we say today. That'd be, you guys, you worry so much about tithing that you you uh, you know you count every penny you get. You tithe your lottery winnings. You even tithe your lottery winnings, but then you go and spend your money on horse meat at Aldi. Going on woe to you scribes and pharisees hypocrites so real quick the word hypocrite is a greek word and it means a mask wearer in the theater so the people would wear masks to play different parts because you couldn't see people they didn't have cameras so if you want if you were way up in the cheap seats and you wanted to see if i was happy or sad i would change my happy face to my sad face or my angry face and i'd put my masks on and i'm a hypocrite because I'm a, a mask changer that's what that word meant it, didn't, it wasn't a bad thing, you were just acting but if you call a Pharisee a hypocrite a mask changer right? <clears throat> so see the Bible has commentary on wearing masks he says you clean the outside of the cup and the plate but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence greed and self-indulgence first clean the inside of the cup and the plate so that the outside will also be clean in the midst of their trying to be righteous, they really enjoyed being greedy and self-indulgent more. Um, this is illustrated in the, in the first section that Jesus was talking about just before this, from 16 to 22. When they're talking about what you swear by, and they, they would say things like, I swear by the temple, I swear by the altar, <clears throat> that, you know, whatever. And um, at some point, they started saying, you know, that's not worth anything. Just saying you swear by the altar. You need to put some money down. You need to put put some money into your swear, into your oath. And and pay some money for it to really show that you mean what you're saying. And that's what makes your oath holy. So it's kind of like, with all this stuff, I don't want to just write them all off as evil, at some point, um, there's a lot of religious things that had a good intent to them, but then the intent was lost, and just the action came in, and that's when it turns into a legalistic law, judgment, and bad, so, you know, somebody, it's kind of like, when my kids say they're sorry, say you're sorry, sorry, are they really sorry, no, they're just mad they got in trouble, right, well, what if I said, Tell him you're sorry, and give your brother 20 bucks. 20 bucks your birthday money right now. Now it's real, right? Oh, I I am sorry, and now I have to give up 20 bucks. I'm, I, I am really, I don't want to ever do that again, because I don't want to lose my 20 bucks. So at some point they started saying, if you swear by the altar, that's nothing. But if you swear by the money that you put on the altar, that you give, now that counts. And then they begin to not regard the altar. They just regarded the money on the altar. Well, remember, Jesus told them way back in the, in the uh, Sermon on the Mount, you shouldn't be swearing by anything. Let your yes be yes, let your no be no, be honest, so you don't have to swear to prove that you're honest. Don't worry about oaths. God doesn't care about your oaths. Um, hes He knows your heart. He knows you're going to break it as soon as you make it. So instead, see what is really holy here. The temple where God is. That's what's holy. And the Pharisees, they wanted, you know, it kind of helps to get a little bit of extra money. A little cash whenever somebody makes an oath. And so they got filled with greed. And they just started to love the money more than helping this guy keep his oath and that kind of thing so they were worried about being clean on the outside they um, they always had their church faces on how exhausting right and inside they're full of hypocrisy and lawlessness they're absolutely out of control um, that this same thing can happen to us it really can and we can try so hard to look good We can try so hard to look righteous and look holy um i talked to two twice yesterday i talked to two different guys that um, said things to me in a way that they felt guilty for not going to church but they gave money to a church and that's what they did instead and i thought that that's messed up <laughs> right we should never we should never feel guilty about not coming to church because church is just one hour out of 168 hours a week right um, but how, there's there's a million ways we can interact with Jesus and his people outside of a Sunday morning church service now I love what Brett Nicholson said he said you don't have to go to church to be a Christian you'll never grow and be a fully mature Christian unless you go to church and I think that's that's wise these guys they had guilt for not coming to church but but I give money and I'm I'm glad they do that I'm sad that they don't they don't have a, a community of Christians that they can interact with and be a part of but I also wonder if they If they feel like they can't put on their face, if they feel like they can't look good on the outside because their cup is so dirty on the outside. If they feel like they wouldn't be welcome in in the cabinet with all the other clean cups, right? The inside of the cup is what matters. Jesus sees that the outside of the cup is not what matters. That's not what Jesus says. He says, clean the inside of the cup. And then the outside will become holy will become clean that is true um, i I've, I've i know a guy he became a christian and a few people knew he became a christian and he came into work one day and he had this he used to have a big old ponytail and he cut his ponytail off and people were like where'd your ponytail go and he said i was defining myself by being rebellious against everybody And part of that was in my ponytail. And now I am submitting to God and following Jesus. And I don't need to show off how rebellious I am. Whoa. Now, if somebody would have told him, you need to cut that ponytail. It's not holy. That would have been Pharisee, right? If somebody told him, Jesus loves you and you're complete and whole and holy in him. Then he's going to realize there's things in his life that he's trying to make good about himself that he doesn't need. And that's the best way. That's the best way to get the outside of the cup clean. To let the Holy Spirit do it. And let the Holy Spirit clean it. So finally, Jesus calls them out for their long history, the Pharisees' long history of killing God's prophets and not listening and not responding to God. And it's really kind of wild. I mean, obviously here we are right people are tearing down monuments and um their their history is is being challenged and rebuked and people are not liking the history that was kept and and championing the history that should have been kept i mean like right now in the united states listen to this woe to you scribes and pharisees you hypocrites you build tombs of the prophets you decorate the monuments of the righteous saying, If we had lived in the days of our fathers, we would not have taken part with them in shedding the blood of the prophets. If we would have been alive then, we wouldn't have killed Isaiah. We wouldn't have thrown Jeremiah in a cistern. We we wouldn't have, you know, not listened to Elijah, and we wouldn't have followed the Baals, and we wouldn't have let Jezebel be queen. Whatever. Jesus says thus you witness against yourselves that you are sons of those who murdered the prophets. You're admitting you're admitting that that you're related to the people that did it. It's almost like Jesus is saying instead you should be rejecting them. You should be rejecting those people as your kings. You should be you should be dropping to your knees and repenting as a people that your ancestors did this instead you're saying yep our forefathers did it and we wouldn't have done it like that but we're going to kill you jesus gosh jesus says fill up then the measure of your fathers you serpents you brood of vipers how are you to escape being sentenced to hell this is a a slap in the face wake up call last chance to these pharisees to say come on you guys just consider what if I am the Messiah what Jesus Jesus is like what if what if the stuff I'm teaching is true you guys like you're gonna miss it and kill me and um, he says I'm gonna send you prophets wise men scribes some of whom you will kill and crucify some of you will flog in your synagogues you will persecute them from town to town he's also talking about what they're gonna do to the disciples and he's just being really blunt with him to say this is your last chance to to actually be open to hear what Jesus is saying. Then finally he says from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Ze- Zechariah the son of Berechiah. He's basically saying from A to Z, right? Abel to Zechariah. From A to Z, every prophet um was the prophets were rarely, rarely persecuted by uh, people that didn't think they were following God. Does that make sense? Um, a lot of the prophets were rebuked by people who thought they were on God's side and who thought that they were, you know, justifying themselves with, with what they thought, you know, Solomon... Um, you know, Why shouldn't he have 99 wives if he's king? If God's given me all this, why not? Um, he didn't kill prophets, but still. I mean, these guys, he's just... Jesus is inviting us to say, what if I'm not right about some things and I need to submit myself to Jesus and have my mind changed to draw me nearer to Jesus finally Jesus is sad oh Jerusalem the city that kills the prophets and stone those that are sent to you how often I would have gathered you your children together like a hen gathers her brood under her wings I just he is really being sincere and Jesus is like gosh you guys I just wish you would listen I wish you would turn to Jesus I wish you would turn away or I wish you would turn to the Lord right he's saying that to the Pharisees Um, You guys have memorized scripture. You've taught the law forever. Just wish you would see it. Jesus does the same to us today, doesn't he? There's so much stuff that we can grow in and we can change our minds on. And we can be open to if we would just humble ourselves. If we would just not hold so tight to, um, you know, there's... It's easy to pick out the stupid stuff. Like, for a while, years ago, there was a sermon going around about wearing a tie to church. And this guy was just yelling at people. If they didn't wear a tie to his church, they better not even come into his church. Um, That's an easy one because it's so stupid, right? But to look for the other things of where am I limiting God's righteousness because of something I think, and how am I judging others when the... Maybe I need to lift a finger to help them out, uh, lift a finger to gain some understanding. That, that would be, that would change the whole world right now, wouldn't it? So, all right, Matthew 23 in the bag. God bless you guys. We're praying for all of you, and I hope you have a good week. Thanks.